Okay, Dachman Vav, starting back from Memhem, a base at the bottom. We had gone through the four, three, four sheetas in the Mishnah on what type of shmira you need to do on the animal. Remeir said that both Atam and Amud need a shmira Meula. He learned it out from Leishman Ubalov, and then he made a Gzera Shava back to Tam as well. So both Atam and Amud need a shmira Meula. Yudha said Atam needs a shmira Meula, and counterintuitively Amud doesn't because it's a Miut Achar Miut, and he did not make the Gzera Shava back to Tom. He said, we have Lo Yishmer Nuzev, Lo Yachir. We had a Belezer in the Mishnah who said, Ein Lo Yishmer Lasakin, which we'll see what that means in the Gemara in a minute. And then we brought a fourth sheet in the Gemara, Bryce, or Belezer and Yaakov said, like Rabbi Yehuda, that Amuad needs a Shmir, only a Shmir Pchusa. And then he also made the Gzera Shava back to Tom. So both of them are good enough for the Shmir Pchusa. The last part we said, we'll start from that again, is Amar of Adabar Hava, Lo Yipater B'Yehuda, Lo Yitzad That which Yehuda said that a tam needs a shmira mu'ula, but a mu'ad needs only a shmira p'chusa, that doesn't mean that a mu'ad is more kal. That doesn't mean that if you have a mu'ad and it damages, you're going to pay less than you would as a tam. If as the tam, you need to always do a shmira mu'ula, a better shmira, and if you only did a medium shmira, a lesser shmira, you'd be chayev. It doesn't make sense by a mu'ad, you're going to be potter. Rather, by, by definition, we're going to have to say, this is as far as we said earlier in the Masechta, that you <laughs> holds that the payment of a mu'ad is actually split half and half. Half of it is ke'ilu, a remainder from the tam part of the animal, and then you have to also add on another half. Rashi explains, of course, doesn't mean that the, the knas, obviously the payment of a tam we pass in chatzinezik is a knas, and the payment of a muad is not a knas, it's clearly a, a regular tashlum of hezik, but we look at it as two halves, meaning that even according to Behuda, if you only did a shmir, if you did a shmir mu'ula, so, if, sorry, if you only did a shmer pchusa by a muad, doesn't mean you're going to be potter if you did a shmer pchusa, you're still going to have to pay chetzi nezek. So based on that, says the Gemara, I'm a Rav. Rav says a statement. Muad the karen yumin, ain't a muad the karen small. You can have an animal, says Rav, that gores only one way, right? You know, some basketball players only go left, right? So this, this guy, only this muad only gores with the right and only goes with the, it does not gore with the left. Now, as Rashi explains, that's no chiddish. We've explained many times that you can be a mood for a behemoth, not a mood for Adam. You can be a mood for all kinds of very individual type of situations. And if we can define exactly what the animal is mood for, it's mood for. So to say that you're mood for your min and not for small does not seem to be a chiddish. That's not what Rav is teaching you. Rather, Rav is teaching you a situation in Dinei Shmira. Now, what does he mean in Dinei Shmira? So says the well explains. Amri, Ali Bidaman, who is Rav going going to? Rav is telling you that you could have watched the animal at a certain level. And if it gores with the right, you're going to be chayv. And if it gores with the left, you're not going to be chayv. What does that mean? I'll leave it to mind. You'll leave it to your mayor. If we're going to your mayor, now remember, according to your mayor, you need a shmir ula both for a tam and a mood. They're both exactly the same. Hamar echatam vechat mood, shmir ula boy. And if it would be no difference, if you did a shmir ula, so then either you're always going to be chayv, or if you did a shmir pchus, you're always going to be, you're always going to be chayv. If you're a shmir ula, you're going to be put. So what's his point? His point is that you can have an animal that's like half tam and half muad. So even if the so my area carries small. I feel being nami ispeitzad tamas. So why does he have to say that the, the right side you look at as a muad and the left side you're going to look at as a tam? According to where we just explained the Buddha, in the right side itself, it's half tam and half muad. Half the payment is going to be based on the tam aspect of it. <laughs> therefore, you're going to be chayiv. Only unless you do a shmir mula, whereas the part of muad we said you're going to be potter as long as you did a shmir pchusa. So if Rav's trying to point out that in one animal you can have both aspects, that he doesn't have to drag it to the right horn and the left horn in the right horn itself. That's a muad. We said it's chetzi tam chetzi muad built in. So if it is beitzad muad, 
says Moses, what's Pshatna? Amri the Oilam Kribhuda. He is going to cheat the Subhuda. He doesn't hold to this Svar the Ravada Bahav made this Khidish that according to Bihuda it's half and half. Enachami. He argues on that and he says according to Bihuda it's Sad Thomas and Lyva Bukhamis. And Enachami comes out a very strange halacha that if you do a Shmir Pakusa as a Tam, you're gonna be Chaiv, and as a Mood, you're gonna be totally putter. He disagrees with Adab. And therefore the only way you can find within one animal a Tam and Muad type of situation is between different horns. Because otherwise you're, you're going to be chayv or potter. If from the right horn to the left horn. Of a muad legamri, once he's a regular muad, even on one horn, you don't say that it's half and half, and his Rav is coming to point out that he disagrees with the Rav Bahava's logic interviewed. Then we get to the last sheet of the mission, which is Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi said, Ain shmira elasakin. Where does that come from? Which basically means no matter what shmira you do, even if you do a shmira ma'ula, the best type of shmira by a mood, you're going to be chayv. Amar Rabbah, my time to do with the Yasser, Damar Kral. The Pasuk says, read the Pasuk inside. So till now we learned, Vilo Yishmerenu Balav means that you did not. Says Rabbi, that's not Rabbi Lezer means, reads it. It doesn't mean you didn't. It means lo yishmenu means shuv ein lo yishmira lezeh. It means you can't. It's impossible. V'lo yishmenu bala means you cannot watch it. It's impossible to watch. And no matter how much you try to watch it, you're still going to be responsible for it. So it's a very nice way to read the Pasuk. But, it says by a bar. By a bar it says, V'chiyiftach ish bar, O'chiyich ish bar, V'lo yichasenu, V'nafal shama shar so what does it mean, V'lo Yechasenu? So Pashat V'lo Yechasenu means you did not cover it. Mashmah, if you did cover it, you're fine. But according to really, as I just read by Amur, that V'lo Yechasenu means you cannot watch it. So does that mean V'lo Yechasenu means Nami Shuv Ein Lo Yechisu Lezeb? Does that mean that you cannot cover up a bar by covering it up? You're still going to be Chayef? V'chitem Ochinami, maybe you're going to say that the stock of Pashat according to really, as it's not true, but to we have a mission later on. Kisu Karoi, if you have a bar and you cover it up the proper way, as long as you covered it up properly, you're potter. So you see, by a bar, he definitely does not darshan that you impossible to cover it up. So just like he doesn't darshan, it's impossible by a bar. Why does he darshan it's impossible by a shark? How do you know that it's usher? To have a wild animal in your house, for that matter, anything dangerous, even a bad ladder, you should not have hanging around your house. Shenema, the Pasik says, over there, about building a makeh, a makeh around the roof that people shouldn't fall off. And it's like, you should not have any dangerous things which could cause death or injury in your house. And therefore, that teaches me, says the Gemara, that this wild animal can never have a shmir. Now, what does that mean? So, Tayyip brings to Pshatim. So, Lamaisa, so why is a bar different? Lamaisa bar is the same issue. So, Tais says two pshat. The first pshat Tais says is that when you cover over a bar, that's a much more type of fix than t- just tying up an animal. Animals wild can get out, whereas a bar, once it's covered, there's no reason it should get uncovered. That's one pshat. Second pshat Tais says, which is a Kiddush way to read the Mishnah, is that Enechanami, Miliezer is not talking about Tashlumim. Enechanami. For Tashlumim, once you do a Shmir Ma'ula on a Mu'ad, you're Potter. Rebbelez is telling you, it's usher to keep a bar, a moon around your house. 
And Echami, if you tie it up properly and do, do a good job and it gets out and damages, you might be potter, Midine Cheshir Mishpat, but Midine Loisosum Domen Beisecha, that's when you should have it. And the same would apply by a bar. Instead of covering over the bar, you're much better off filling up the bar. Don't have dangerous things around your house in general. But that would be an Isser Vehetar Halacha, Lav Dafka Cheshir Mishpat. So there's two ways to read Shita Sobelias. Hadar Nalach Shor Shinogach Arba Vechamisha. Right, both prokim here are called Shar Shanagach. The next one is also, so we have to differentiate. Next point. Shar Shanagach is So if you have a Shar that goes ahead and kills a female para. So it's a, it's a pregnant female para. Venimtsu ubra betzita. And now when you come check out the situation, you find that she had miscarriage. She had miscarriage. The para had miscarried the vlad. Okay. The question is, did the Shar cause that at now? Could be, we don't know, could be she miscarried before the shar ever touched her. In which case, it's not the shar's problem at all. But we don't know. We have no way of knowing. The Adam couldn't tell. So shar shenach is bar v'nim tzor of any adua. It's not known. Imad shaloy nagcha yolda mishenagcha yolda. You're not sure if the miscarriage happened because of the damage or it happened before. So it says the mission, interesting halacha, mishalim chatzin nezek para On the para where they definitely did a damage, and again, we're talking about a tam. So you pay regular chatzin nezek. V'revia nezek levad. If the vlad, let's say, was worth 100 and it went down to zero, so chatzin nezek would be 50. Instead of paying 50, you pay 25%, which in this case would be 25. You pay half of half. What is this halacha? Tomorrow we'll explain. Say the blood is now because of this goring that it's already uh, twice that he nagach that he got it twice on this account from the tam. How do you get it twice? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I don't see that. I never saw that. No. Says the Mishnah. What about the opposite case? What if a pregnant cow? Gored, or obviously it didn't, doesn't have horns, so it did something which caused damage to a shark. And now you come to assess what's going on here, and you see that the para gave birth. Now it's not the shark's fault that the para gave birth. This is all the para, the para's issue. It's not the issue at all. The issue is who caused the damage. Did the cow and the Vlad cause the damage? Or did just the cow cause the damage because the Vlad had already been born before the damage occurred? So the Mishnah says something very strange. We'll have to explain what this means in the Gemara. Half the Nezek that was caused, I'll read it the way you, the Havamin is, half the Nezek that was caused, you pay from the para. And another quarter, you pay from the Vlad. That sounds very strange. That sounds like you're paying three quarters Nezek. Half from the cow and a quarter from the Vlad. Why are you paying three quarters Nezek? We're talking about a Tom. A Tom doesn't pay three quarters Nezek. A Tom pays Chetzi Nezek. So we have to understand how to read this second line. And the Mishnah, the more we'll explain it right away. First, let's go back to the Rasha. And the Rasha, with the Shar Shanagach Sapara. so the Mishnah said, you pay Chetzi Nezek on the Parah, that's obvious. And the Mishnah said a Chiddush, that you pay Revia Nezek on the Vlad. <coughs> what is this idea of paying half of half? What is this idea? I'm going to read Zudivrei Sumchis. This Mishnah is actually a Machlaikis. Of, of this halacha, and our Mishnah is telling you the shita of Sumchis, the Amar Momana Mutub Sofik Chalkin. Sumchis says that when you have a fight between two people on the status of a certain amount of money, whatever it is, in this case, they're arguing on do I have to pay the Chetzi Nezek of the damage to the Vlad or not? I say, you have to pay me the Chetzi. I, as the Nizik, say, you owe me the Chetzi Nezek of the Vlad. You, as the Mazik, say, no, what are you talking about? He gave birth before and that has nothing to do with me. So we're arguing about that money. Sumcha says, we split the difference. 
Cholkin. We split that difference. Other Chachamim, Amir. Chachamim say what we normally say in most of Shas is, Zaklal Godabudin, this is the main halacha in all Hilchas Cheshem Mishpah, Hamaitzi Michaverei, Olavaraya. No such thing. I say you owe me the money. You say you don't owe me the money. You don't owe me the money until I can prove it with Adam. That's normally the rule we have in all of Shas. Hamaitzi Michaverei. So according to the Chachamim, in our case, Chetzin Ezek on the par, you have to pay. That's obvious. We have Adam that he damaged. That he damaged the par, and you have to pay Chetzin Ezek on the par. On the Vlad, we don't know. The Adam couldn't tell if, it gave, if the Vlad was born before or after. You would say you don't have to pay anything for the damage of the Vlad. But Sumcha says no. Sumcha says that in this case, we say Cholkin. Now, just clarify the halach of Sumchas. The Gemara in a few places in, in, in Shas talks about the halach of Sumchas and makes some parameters around it. First of all, the Gemara says it's only when we have what we call a Drara Deramayna. Drara Deramayna means that it's obvious to everybody that there is a financial question going on here. No, sometimes you have two types of financial issues between uh, a Tain and a Tain. Sometimes you can have, well, I say you owe me money, you say you don't. So without my Taina, there's nothing. There's no question even till I bring up the question. That's not the case over here. Over here, it's very obvious to everybody that there's an issue because the Vlad is lying there. We're not sure. Was the Vlad damaged by the Shah or was the Vlad not damaged by the Shah? It's not something we need a Tain Venitan for necessarily. It's called a Jura Domain. It's an obvious type of suffering. That's one halacha that they say in Sumchus. The other point is, of course, Sumchus agrees. Right? I can't just come over to you one day and say, "Hey, you owe me a hundred shekel." You say no. I say, "Great, now you owe me fifty. Right? That just can't be. It doesn't make any sense. Obviously, Sumchus holds of a In that case, there's no drawer to minor. In that case, it's, there's no. There would be no self-standing question about the suffix, and therefore, of course, in that case, Sumchus holds a mitzvah of Rather, what Sumchus holds in this case is that we consider, the way the Mepharshim explained it, is that we consider both of them to be muxik. There's no reason, even though the money is physically by one person, but Lamaisa, since we have a built-in suffix over here, really who it goes to, it's either we consider them both muzakim. Remember, even the Chachamim have agreed to this halacha. Where did the Chacham agree to this halacha of Cholkin? By Shnaim Echsim Rabbi Shnaim Echsimitalis, and there's no Muxik, there's no Marikama, there's no original owner. We don't know who the owner was, because with something Hefker, two people grab onto it, then the Chum agree. You don't say a Baitzimikhvaya because they're both holding on to it. Rather you say Khulkin. So Sumkas is just extending that halacha that we're familiar with, of Shnaim Echsimitalis, that you split it when there's no original Chazaka, Sumcha says that same type of halacha applies in this case when you have a Jared Ramayna. We don't consider one a Muxik more than the other, we consider them both Muxakin. So we have this big Machlaikis over here on how to, how to learn halacha on our Mishnah. According to our Mishnah, our Mishnah seems to be passing like Sumchis, that Chmamon Abutabazavik Cholkin. The Rabbanon clearly argue, and as we'll see, there's going to be a few different Mishnahis here in this series, which all seem to be going with point, Sumchis' point of view, that you split the difference in these type of cases. However, when the Chalam argued on him, Chalam didn't just say, no, Hamayt Mechbal Avaraya. Chalam said a very strange language. Zeklau Godol Badi. What is that strong type of lashon that the Chama are using? And that's what the Gemara wants to focus on. So Why do we have to express it that way? So I'll tell you why. It's teaching you a chiddush. The afilu nizik bari. The nizik says you owe me the money. The mazik amar shema. The mazik says I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. So maybe in that case the Chama would say, well, if I say you owe me the money and you're not sure, then I, you have to pay me. It's only when it's bari for bari, not you would think that. <laughs> Even if the mazik's not sure if he owes the money, he can't say for sure he does not. Still, he does not have to pay until you can prove it. 
Inami. Another reason why we're so adamant about this halacha is to teach me this other halacha, which is also a shasukya, which is I sell you a shar. You're walking in the shuk and you're looking to buy a shar. So I say, oh, I have a shar for sale. Great. I'd like to buy a shar. We negotiate a price. You buy it from me. Good. You take it home and the shar is a wild beast. Okay? The shar is not able, you try to take it outside to plow the field and the shar is not interested in plowing. He's running all around. Okay, he's not going to plow your field for you. So you come back to me, and you say, what's this? It turns out the shah is a wild animal, and therefore it's not able to be used for plowing in the field. And you come back to me and you say, hey, you, you misled me. You tricked me. I need an animal to plow, and you sold me an animal that I can't do anything with. And, I, and the Moicha says, what are you talking about? I didn't sell you an animal for plowing. I thought you wanted a good rib steak. And this animal is delicious rib steak. It's been running around. The meat is nice and nice and strong. So shech the animal and eat it. So we have over here machlekes between the tain and nita. What was the purpose of the sale? Was the purpose of the sale to shech it for meat? In which case, who cares what the nature of the animal is? Or no, I was trying to buy the animal specifically to work in a field. In which case, I expected a calm animal. If I didn't get a calm animal, it's a mekachtos. How do you look at this? So Rav Amar, I raise a mekachtos. Rav says mekachtos. Mekachtos. Too bad. You get your money back. Shmuel Amar Yecholam. No, the shkita mechet if you love. I sold it to you for 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 butchering. I didn't sell it to you for working in the field. What's the machlekes? So my, I don't say what the whole machlekes here doesn't make any sense. Venichsi. Why don't we take a look at what type of buyer this is? E gavad the zavon the raji gavad the zavon the nixtata. Is he this type of buyer? Probably is either the type of guy who normally buys a shar to work in his field, or he normally buys a shar for butchering. So just see what his normal nature is and assume that that's what this was also. And then there shouldn't be a machlaikis, it's Rabbi Shmuel. Whatever he normally does, that's what he normally does. We're talking about a guy, if it was that the purchaser, the lekech, always bought from one type or the other, then in a chanami. But we're talking about a case where he buys sometimes this, sometimes that, so we can't necessarily tell from his history. Okay. So the next seed, may rajal raji, the may next seed, the next Why don't we look at the price? Generally speaking, you're going to pay more if you're using it to plow in your fields as opposed to using the butchering. Butchering is a one-time deal. And usually when you plow it in the field, eventually you're going to butcher it anyway. So you get actually better things. So you're going to pay a higher price for an animal that you're going to be able to work with than an animal that you're going to butcher. So why don't we look at the price? You're right. That you could. That would normally be a determining factor. Over here's the Akar Bissifer coming to Meiraji. We're talking about with the price of meat to, to this type of cow, whatever it is, went up. And the price is the same whether he was buying it for butchering or he was buying it for working. So you can't tell. Okay. So you can't tell based on the nature of the Lekeach. And you can't tell based on the price. So says the mother, I don't understand. So Amri, like, what's the difference? Lamaisa, what are we saying over here? We're saying it's, Rav says it's a mekachtos. Shmuel says it's not a mekachtos. So according to Shmuel, what happens? The lekech is stuck with the animal. Too bad, shechter. According to Rav, the lekech says, give me the animal, I'm going to give you the animal back, and you're going to give me my money back. The guy says, I don't have the money. It's okay, so you owe me money. So instead, I'm going to keep your animal. So according to Rav and Shmuel, the lekech is ending up with the animal. What's the difference? What the reason of it is? At the end of the day, assuming the meicha doesn't have the money to return the money, then you're going to end up in the same situation. Damrinchi people say when the person you owes your money to you collect even from suba. We had that earlier in the masechta. You pay from anything, so you're just going to collect the money from the animal itself. You didn't get anywhere. 
Tomorrow you're right, you're right, that would be no machlaikis. We're talking about a case where the meicher still has the cash left over. He has the cash. So Rav says it's a mekachtos, give me back my money and take your animal. But why? And here's the question. Zil basaruba. He says, we look at the right people in the world. We can't tell based on the individual person. And we can't tell based on the money. Rather, we look at right people in the world. Veruba the inchi, the raju, the zvini. Most people, at least in those days, who buy animals, bought them for working in the fields. And therefore, it makes sense, says Rav, when the Lekech says, I purchased it for working in the fields, and this is not an animal that can work in the field successfully. It's a mechachtos, you give me my money back. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel argues. Shmuel says, I don't care about the roif. I was selling it to intention that you're going to eat it, and therefore there's no makachtos, I'm not giving you the money back. We don't go by roif, by dine mominis. When the Torah says you follow roif, that's bisura. By isr heter, as we discussed, called the parsh, parsh, all those things, that's isr heter halachas. basaruba. By Roy, by Mammon, we don't follow Roy. Roy is not a Raya. Raya says, if we see two people arguing about something, you assume that the one who has the money, he's the right person. You want to be Maitzi the money, bring Adim. You want to be Maitzi the money, some other types of, of Raya, a star, something like that. But based on a Roy, you can be Maitzi money. Roy is not enough to be Maitzi money. And that's what. The Gemara member said, Zeklal Godol Bedin, Amaitzim Echver Elav Arayah, even Neged Arayah, even though normally we arrive for Isser Vahetter, even Trefus and Basar Bechal of Amiyo Deyamah, we rely on Dine Arayah, but by Mominus we don't rely on Dine Arayah, Amaitzim Echver Elav Arayah, again, according to the Rabbanan, for sure, overrides even Dine Arayah. There's nothing to do with Sumchis, this is Shtam Alocha, that Amaitzim Echver Elav Arayah overrides Arayah, and that's why the Gemara called it Zeklal Godol Bedin. Tanya Nami Yachim, you actually see a Bryce of Beferish. We don't know. We're not sure. Was it Gord before then? And here the Bryce says, This is the way Sumchus explains, because Sumchus says in this case, So you split the difference of the value of the Vlad. say no. The hachatzi nezek on the par, of course you pay. But on the vlad, you pay nothing. I taina that it was born before the damage, and therefore I have nothing to do with that, with the death of the vlad, and therefore I don't have to pay you anything. So we have over here machlaikis between sumchis and the rabbana, what the halach is. The rechag of the Gemara says very interestingly, What's the makar in the Torah for this halacha? Or do we need a makar in the Torah in this halacha? So Gemara says, yes, we'll bring him Pasuk. says, Mi Baldvarim Yigashalei. Very interesting Pasuk. The Pasuk says, by Maishu Rabbeinu, when Maishu Rabbeinu was going up to Tahar Sinai to get the Torah, etc., he said, You guys wait here. Vine Aaron Vechorim Ochem. Aaron Vechor are going to stay here with you. They're not going up. Only Maishu and Yeshua went up on Tahar Sinai. Aaron Vechor stayed. He told the Zakanim, Mi Baldvarim, if you have any questions when I'm away, right, they don't have good WhatsApp, Klita and Shamayim, so you can't send me any questions. Rather, you go to Aaron Vechor and they will answer your questions for you. Now, why does the Pasik have to tell me that? What's the Kiddush of this Pasik? Must be, says the Gemara, the Pasik is telling you, You should go to them as a Bezdin, bring your proofs to your side of your Taina, and then you can get your money. So it's only you as the Toin, you as the one who's asking for money, you have to come and bring a proof, and that's when you can collect your money. That's, the, that's what this Pasuk is teaching me. Out of context, but that's what the Pasuk is teaching me. 
Maskam of Rashi, Rashi, that's a nice way to dash in the Pasuk, but the it's, it's totally extraneous. Halamalikrod, what are your Pasuk that? Moitzmechalavaraya is a Svaru. That's an absolute pure Svaru. Why? He says very interesting, Marshall. The Kiva, someone who has a pain, someone who's sick. He's the one who goes to the doctor. Right? The doctor doesn't come to him, unless he wants to make money. Right? But generally speaking, the person who's sick goes to the doctor. So if the person who's sick goes to the doctor, so the person who's the toain who's asking for the money, he has to bring the raya. I don't have to prove that I don't owe you the money. You need to prove that you do owe me the mo- that I do owe you the money. So of course it makes sense. I'll be svara that I might semechaver al raya, and that's also why I explained at the beginning that Sumchus agrees to this. It's imp- it's very difficult to say that Sumchus argues with this svara. Sumchus just says in our case they're both considered like a muksik when you have this case of drawer to a minor when you have a built-in suffix. But in a regular classic case, of course Sumchus agrees it's a svara. I might semechaver al raya. Okay, it's very good. So if that's the case, what's Pshat in the Pasuk? What's that Pasuk teaching me? Elakra, what does the Pasuk teach me? Look at the Rav Nachman, Amarabah, Bavo. The Amar Rav Nachman, Bavo. You have two people come to best it. Okay? Ruben says to Shimon, you owe me a hundred shekel. Shimon says, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but I gave you a mashkin. Okay, so if, if I'm going to pay you the money, I want the mashkin back. So we have, we have conflicting tainers over here. On one hand, Reuven is tining on Shimon, you owe me money. And on one hand, Shimon's tining to Reuven, you owe me my mashkin. So maybe we would say, okay, so let's judge the whole case out and figure it all out. Says this Pasuk, no. You deal with each tainer separately. And therefore, says the parallel, Reuven is the one who comes and says, you owe me money? You deal with Reuven first. Does Shimon owe Reuben the money? Yes, we paskin. Shimon pays Reuben the money. Now, we deal with Shimon's back tina. And Shimon says, okay, but now you owe me the mashkin. Okay, so we'll deal with your mashkin question second. But in terms of the order of things we do in Bezdin, whoever came with the first tina, he's the one that you deal with first. Ardoi said, however, not always so simple. Sometimes we do do deal with Shimon's taina that he left a mashkin there. We do a deal with that first if it's to the benefit of the teveya. If the mashkin is going to lose value, let's say there's someone here who wants to buy that mashkin right now. Or by putting out a taina on Shimon and everybody knows about it, that makes his fields go down in value because people know he's desperate for money. If that's going to happen and it's going to affect Ruvain's ability to collect, then we're not going to deal with Ruvain's part of the taina first. We'll deal with Shimon's first so that Shimon can get his stuff back so Ruvain will have what to collect from. So we're not doing it to help Shimon. We're doing it if ultimately that will help Ruvain. We do go back and do that. Okay. So we've come out in the first halacha of the Mishnah. What is the halacha of the Vlad? Sumcha says, You split it. You don't pay anything. We said that's based on a svar. Now let's move to the safe of the Mishnah. In the safe of the Mishnah, we the opposite case. Where the pregnant para <laughs> did damage to a shar, and we're not clear, was the animal pregnant when it did the damage or not? And maybe it had already given birth. And the Mishnah said, you pay chetzinezek from the para, and it's mashma plus another revia nezek from the vlad. Says the Gemara, what are we talking about? Chetzinezek, revia nezek? Chetzinezek plus revia nezek? So palganizku dubai shumi, you only pay half. Kula nizka nechiriva, the whole nezek minus a quarter, meaning three quarters. Maya vidite. Why? What are we talking about here? It's mashma of the mystery. You're paying half plus another quarter. That's three quarters. What's three quarters as it? Some rabbis. Rabbis, I'll tell you how to read the mission. Rabbis says chetzi nezek means echel me'arbaba nezek. Chetzi nezek does not mean chetzi nezek. Chetzi nezek means chetzi of the tashlum you would normally pay. 
the tashim you would normally pay is chetzi. You're paying chetzi of that. So that's a quarter. Okay. Revia nezik is echa mishmoinim nezik. Revia nezik means an eighth of the value of it, which is a half of the half, a quarter of the thing. So you end up with an eighth. And therefore, says the Gemara, you can actually be paying half of both. Says the Gemara, wait a second. If we're talking about with the para and the vlad were owned by the same person, which is obviously the normal case, so then so then what's the difference? Who caused the nezek? They're both owned by Ruvain. Ruvain owes chetzi nezek to the to the nezek. Makes no difference whether whether he's paying it from the value of the para or from the value of the. Makes no difference. Either way, he's paying the same thing. We're talking about a case where the owner of the para sold the vlad to somebody else. Oh, so now we have two possible mazikim over here. So who pays what? So obviously the bala para says, I only have to pay half of the chetzinezel. The other half you collect from the bala vlad. And the bala vlad says, I have nothing to do with this. You collect only from the bala para. Now, Tysus points out, first of all, when we're discussing here half and half, it's not really true. Because obviously, even if the pregnant cow caused the damage, it's not half caused by the Vlad, right? It's 10% caused by the Vlad, 5% caused by the Vlad, some small percentage. Tyson says, we're just doing it half and half to make the math a little bit easier, right? Because otherwise, it's just going to get too complicated. So the Gemara calls it half and half, but it doesn't really mean any half and half. It could be 10%, it could be 5%, whatever it is. But there's definitely some fight here going on. Everybody agrees that cow caused the damage. The question is, was the Vlad also causing the damage and he should have to pay his portion? So there's more inside like this. So, Now, it says the an interesting point. Now, it also depends on the order things happen in terms of the taina. Why? Okay, so the Nizik comes, sees his shar dead. He says, who killed my shar? So they Adam say the para did it. Okay, so he goes to the bala para. He says, "You owe me chetzin. You owe me thing. What's your animal? It's a tam. No problem. You owe me chetzin nezik." The bala para says, "No, no, no. I don't know you chetzin nezik. The vlad was owned by another guy, and he owes you half of the half. I'm only paying you a quarter." Echetesa. Hakenami d'amalei the bala para pardi dachaskin havli right. This is shutfa. You, I know Adam saw your para do damage to my shark. You want to claim? That there was another shutif involved here. There was a bala vlad who caused it all. That's your problem. That's not my problem. As far as I'm concerned, your animal caused my animal damage. That's all I need to know. You owe me the money. You want to try to get out of it some way? You go try to get out of your way. As far as I'm concerned, it makes no difference whatsoever. As far as I'm concerned, your shark gored my shark. Gored damage to my shark. You have to pay me chatzin. I don't have to deal with the bala vlad. I don't know anything about no vlad. But... And therefore, there will be no question over here. The, the, the mission would not be the right halacha. You'd have to pay the full chatzinazim. What happens, says the Gemara, our mission is talking about where the nizik goes to the balavlad first. And he says, I ate him, saw that the para gored my animal, caused damage, and you, as the balavlad, owe me a portion of that damage. Okay. So now they start handling and the Balavlad says, I don't know you anything. What are you talking about? It was the other guy. It wasn't me. My animal was born before him. I wasn't involved. Back and forth. And now he goes back to the Balapar and says, okay, you owe me the money. The Yarmalei, Gullah's Daitech, the Shutfeisli. So then the Balapar says, wait a second. If you went to the Balavlad first, that means you, at least the Nizik, agree that I don't know all of it. Maybe you can't get the money out of the Balavlad, or maybe you can only get a part of it out of it, according to Sumchas, according to money, you can't get anything. But then clearly, I don't have to pay the full Chatzinezik. The worst case scenario, I'm paying half or, 50, or 
40 or 70 percent or 80 percent, whatever it is, but I don't have to pay the full because since you went to him first, if you really held that I owed you all the money, you should have come to me first. But the fact that you went to him first, you were Ke'ilu Maida, that some of it is the Baal Havlad's issue. Now, you can't collect from the Baal Havlad, that's not my problem. Right? That's not my problem that you can't collect from him because you can't prove it. But Lamaisa, you were Maida, I don't owe you all of it, and therefore that's the case of our mission. Another Pshat says no. Even if you went to Balapara first, Matsi Matchile, Domele made the other should face. The Balapara says, look, we have over here a Cheskas Para. The Para was pregnant. And the Chazaka, like the Isravaheta type of Chazaka says, it was pregnant. We assume it was pregnant until the last moment in time. And therefore we assume, all things being equal, it was pregnant and the Vlad was still in there when it caused the damage. And therefore the Balapara could say, under all circumstances, I don't have to pay all of this. I only have to pay a portion of it. How much? Fine. Can you get from the Balavlad? No, that's not my problem. Okay, but Lamaisa, according to Sumchas, you be chalkin. According to Abana, you get nothing. But Lamaisa, it's not my problem to pay you the difference. That's the first way to read the mission. I'm a Rav. A Rav says, how do you read the mission like that? It doesn't say you're paying half of the Chetzi Nezik and a quarter of the Chetzi Nezik, which is an eighth of the real Nezik. It doesn't say that. Chetzi Nezik, Ravina Nezik Atani. It says half the Nezik, period. Reveal the Nezik, period. So it's back to our question. If you don't like Abayi's Pshat, that it's half of a half, or half of a, or a quarter of the half, which is an eighth of the whole thing, then how do you read the Mishnah? Elam Arava, the other part of Vlad Dechad. We're talking about it was all owned by the same person. But remember, Tom pays me Gufay. Tom never pays more than the value of the Mazik's animal. So now it actually makes a tremendous difference which animal caused the damage, because which animal are you collecting the value from? Okay, so if the para is here and you could collect the chetzinazik from the gufa para, no problem. Lesser the para, what if the para ran away or the para died? It's worthless now. Okay, so the nizik is stuck. Nizik said, You have to pay me. I don't have to pay you. The para is worthless. I don't have to pay me gufa. Okay, so pay me from the vlad. Well, who said the vlad caused the damage? If the vlad didn't cause the damage, I don't have to pay from the gufa the vlad. If we know the animal was pregnant at that time, you would have to pay from the Vlad. But if we're not sure, it's a suffix, and then Cholkin. So therefore, when it says in the Mishnah, Chetzi Nezik and Revian Nezik, it doesn't mean plus. It means or. Chetzi Nezik from the para, or if you don't have the para, then the best case scenario, you can get Revian Nezik according to Sumchis, moment of the suffix from the Vlad. It's reading inside. Less of the para. Mishtalm Revian Nezik me Vlad. Taima, Dolay Adinan. Yavi Vlad Badaki Nakha Eloi. Because you're not sure, was the Vlad there, yes or no? Let's say we knew for sure it would. Then you could collect from the from the from the para. If the para is not there, you could collect from the vlad. If you knew for sure the vlad was inside, why? You could collect from the vlad. My time It's all part of the same. It's one animal. It's like an arm. Right, the Vlad is like an animal. Like Rachel says, "Uber Yerachimayu." It's all considered. It's not even considered two separate animals. It's considered one animal. Normally, it has four legs, and it also has an Uber. It's all considered an extension of the animal. And therefore, if you knew the Vlad, was, the mother was pregnant, you would be able to collect the migufa of the Vlad. Whereas, says the Gemara, just to differentiate, if a chicken causes damage, ain't a goyvimet You don't collect from the value from the goof of the eggs. My time appears should be amu. That's something separate from the egg. Now, Tysus points out, it depends on the stage of the maturation of the eggs. There's an earlier stage where they are considered part of the chicken, but once they have a shell around them, if you shech the chicken and you open up and there's a shelled egg that's in the shell, you don't say that's gufite. 
that's considered a totally separate thing. It's considered something that's coming out of the chicken already, and you would not be able to collect from the goof. Whereas an uber is the mother, and if uber is the mother, you are collecting from the goof of the mother at the same time. And that's what the Mishnah is telling you. Either half from the cow, or, according to Sumchus, a quarter from the vlad. Adikam.